0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, the Great American uh, Tree Holiday. This I am Devin Wright. I'm Adam O'Connell. This, of course, is our uh, weekly podcast that's been going on uh, for two years now, where we talk about Christmas every single week uh, of the whole year about this great tradition where we uh, bring a tree into our house. All the very good. Uh, white man comedy stuff why do we put this dang tree in our house A big man come down the chimney he's so fat he can't fit down that dang chimney uh, and we just kind of do that. Adam how are how are you this this Christmas season? This
1: Christmas, I, I'm I'm great. Uh, I've been watching some uh, Christmas movies. Uh, I'm listening to some Christmas music getting into debates about the most superior Christmas song. Um, okay, making some cookies.
0: Okay, well, I thought uh, this episode uh, we were just going to do our kind of normal Christmas thing that we always do on this podcast, but you you had a different idea. You kind of wanted to switch yeah, it up.
1: I thought we could make it a little spooky.
0: Uh, spooky? <laughs> spooky how?
1: Um, well, you know, we talked about all those great Christmas traditions that we all know, love, and cherish, but there's one that we've kind of abandoned over the years oh. to the
0: point where is it a love for Jesus Christ?
1: It, yes, but that's not what we're going to be talking about today. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um which I, I think at this point like we've kind of forgotten it for so long that people don't even realize it was once part of Christmas, but one of the biggest and most beloved traditions of Christmas time was telling ghost stories.
0: Ooh, so we're going to do a kind of ghost thing, kind of a horror a little bit I, of a I horror
1: may... angle if you will.
0: Okay. That's interesting. Maybe I might scream in it and we can do like a cool like special episode title and it can be called like the Great American uh, Yell.
1: Yeah. This, th- hey, there American- should be its own ah, show.
0: It could. Maybe we'll do a spin-off.
1: Yeah. Um, but so telling ghost stories around Christmas time has like I said, falling out of favor over the years. Um, but there's still kind of relics of it in like current contemporary Christ- Christmas culture. Um, that song, the mo- its the most wonderful time of the which year, which is a
0: great Christmas song. It's an, uh, one by of the my way.
1: favorites. Um, but we sing in it. Uh, there'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmas is long Long, ago. Christmas is long, long ago. And I just yeah. always kind of accepted that. I never questioned it. Yeah, I, lyric, I mean, we talked about there'll be uh, si- scary ghost stories.
0: Yeah, we talked about it in Sleigh Ride. It's kind of like, you know, uh, by Courier and Ives. You just kind of assume there was something going on at some point. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) That Um, somebody somewhere is telling scary ghost stories. It's just, I don't know where that party is. I didn't get invited to the ghost party. No. I got invited to the, uh, uh, my uncle pretends to be Santa, which is very mean of him. And I think it's what kept Santa from actually visiting us. And we all, you know just kind of hang out for a night. That's the party that I went to.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, I mean, I feel like as a half Italian American from New Jersey, I had a similar experience.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, probably. Um, yeah, but I would like to kind of share the history of the tradition of the Christmas ghost story, uh, find out what happened to it, and then maybe uh, share a Christmas ghost story ourselves. Oh, okay. Um, so, and like I said, like the that lyric in The Most Wonderful Time of the Year, uh, is one kind of uh, relic of the Christmas ghost story tradition, but the other one is perhaps the most beloved, one of the most beloved Christmas stories of all time. Charles the Dickens, Santa
0: Claus, the Santa Claus too, which involves a ghost. Oh, um, the is it the Mrs. Claus? That's is the, the second Mrs. One? Claus. Yeah, the third, the third one, is, third one, the one is the escape Claus, <laughs> and it has Jack Frost, and he sings uh, "New York, New York," but it's North Pole. He does. He goes North Pole, North Pole, and it's very. And he's Martin Short. He is Martin Short. It honestly, we should redo the Santa Claus with Martin Short in most of the roles. Get rid of Tim Allen. Get that stinker out of here.
1: All Martin Short. (laughs) Um, But so a a Christmas, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol is one of the most well-known and beloved Christmas stories, but contains not one, not two, not three, Uh but four whole ghosts in it. That's a lot. That's a, that's, it's chock full of ghosts. That's a you lot really of ghosts. I think it. that's
0: more ghosts than like the Conjuring movies have. Yeah, that's, that's more ghosts than your average, like Halloween. Yeah. For most people.
1: That's a lot of ghosts. Oh, and wait,
0: if, if we're speaking about ghosts, can I talk very quickly? I, let's die. I'm <laughs> okay, the, yeah, go ahead. Listen. We were on a train headed towards Christmas Ghost Stories, kind of a Polar Express, if you will. And I'm going to punch that train with my very big fist and derail <laughs> it straight off because I want to talk about just ghosts, regular ghosts.
1: Okay, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: I live in a just a regular like apartment building on the Upper East Side. I don't know how old it is. I have no idea. But in recent days, there's been a ghost. There was a cold wind down my back the other day in the kitchen, which I didn't like. And then when I was, I was sitting in bed and I looked at my closet... And a ding dang ghost knocked one of my shirts off of its hanger. It wasn't like I had I had messily put this shirt on the hanger. It was fully on the hanger. And then it decided it was just going to come off. And I said, Hey ghost, stop doing that. And then Ezra was like, Who are who are you yelling at from the other room? And I was like, It's this ding dang ghost. And he he just went, Oh, okay. And then went back to his video game or whatever. But so there's a ghost in my house now.
1: Okay, so two theories. One, second okay. that second hanger thing, defo sounds like ghost. But definitely a guess first one could also be
0: Martin Short as Jack Frost. I was (laughs) Adam when I was like, oh, he's going to do a goof. I'm going to do a goof after him where I say maybe it's Martin Short. (laughs) I'm so glad we're on the same page. But that means it it probably is. It it probably is beloved actor and Jack Frost impersonator. Known for
1: no other roles but Jack Frost in the Santa Claus three.
0: Is he in anything else? I thought he was kind of a one-hit wonder that with it. that. <laughs>
1: well, yeah. Um, so let's let's.
0: Okay, get back, back on. Kind of- I'm, I take the Polar Express in my big strong arms and I put it back onto the rails.
1: Great, thank you. Um, <laughs> so, like the, a Christmas Carol is primarily a ghost story. It focuses mostly on the ghost part because uh, we have the ghost of Jacob Marley. Like the first line in a Christmas Carol is like. I can't remember the exact quote, but it's like, Jacob Marley is dead. That's what you need to know going into this story. That is the most important part of it. You have to know that Jacob Marley is dead. So we have Jacob Marley, Ghost of Christmas Past, Christmas Present, and Christmas Yet to Come. Four whole ghosts um, of varying degrees of spookiness. The first and the last ones, very spooky. Kind of like a spooky sandwich.
0: Yeah, it, it is. There's the spookiness level of A Christmas Carol is highly variable yeah not only in the (laughs) yeah not only in the individual story itself but in the like various productions because in some of the productions jacob marley is like the most terrifying thing that you've ever seen and then in other productions he's just kind of like a guy who's like you did bad also can we talk so the muppets has a version of this it's the superior one It's the best song. Somewhere in my head, there's a song about chains on me. We're Marley and Marley. Is
1: that
0: that where that's from?
1: Yeah, probably. Uh, We're Marley and
0: Marley. Our hearts are painted black. (laughs) There's more words. Yeah, sure. Because at some point in my brain, my brain sings it as, I got these chains on me and they're bringing me down, which is not a real song, but I think it's actually a song from Phineas and Ferb.
1: Okay, uh, so that's not an Muppet's Christmas Carol.
0: Yeah, so anyway, this is another one of my sidebars. I've taken this onto a little sidetrack where I talk about Phineas and Ferb. Remember that episode where they brought Love Handle back together and yeah, uh, they dude, had uh, a I episode. Ain't Got Rhythm? It's a good song. <laughs> a good anyway, uh, Ghost Variability.
1: Hey, uh, making is, Phineas is and Ferb spooky. Um, do you know who the voice of Ferb's dad is? Martin Short. It's no, but that's a good guess. It's Richard O'Brien, creator of the Rocky Horror Picture Show and r- noted riffraff.
0: Hell yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, uh, Ferb's dad definitely played riffraff when he was in college.
1: <laughs> anyway, um, so I, I, the novel was first published in 1843 and has kind of stood the test of time through all sorts of adaptions, including the vastly superior Muppet version where yeah. it's two Marleys. Two Because sure. it's Statler and Waldorf, it's two Jacob Martins, that's five there are ghosts. five ghosts.
0: Five whole ghosts in the Muppet version.
1: The whole past, I, honestly, one of the inspirations for this episode is, A, how good that movie is, and B, that the, all that's been going through my head for the past week is, no cheeses for us Mises. Oh, of course. A classic. <laughs> yeah, so for much of the 19th century in Europe, when this book came out, the Christmas holiday was associated with ghosts and spirits. Um... I have a quote from humorist uh, Jerome K. Jerome, which is an incredible name. Oh, my God. Uh, he wrote in uh, his 1891 collection, Told After Supper, Whether, f- Whenever five or six English-speaking people meet round a fire on Christmas Eve, they start telling each other ghost stories. Nothing satisfies us on Christmas Eve but to hear each other tell authentic anecdotes about specters. It is a genial festive season, and we love to muse upon graves and dead bodies and murders and blood.
0: Hell yeah. I kind of wished that it skipped the fire on Christmas Eve. And it was just whenever five or six English speaking people meet, they start telling each other ghost stories. Yeah. We love these dang ghosts.
1: The, the the custom itself actually stretches back many centuries. Um as because we talked talked about this in the History of Halloween episode, how as the nights get longer, the season starts to get associated with spirits and the thinning of the veil. Um ah, and- yes. Tales of ghosts and monsters are most popularly told in the
0: uh, fall and the winter. And also just because people die a lot in the winter. Yeah. That's, so you're like, yeah, yeah ghosts.
1: There's also uh, Christmas's pagan roots informing this tradition. Uh, as the as I'm sure many folks know, the secular uh, Christmas holiday, as most people know it, is actually way more closely resembling the pagan holiday Yule, uh, which is a Germanic midwinter festival. Um which, the, I mean, like that's a very popular kind of like gotcha thing now or an um actually about Christmas. Yeah, it's
0: a very it's a very <laughs> um actually.
1: Yeah. Um, but if you don't know, uh, holly, Christmas trees, mistletoe, wreaths, the Yule log, bells and elves are all traditions and symbols that come from Yule, not Christian Christmas. Um
0: yeah. And there are also like links to not only like Germanic paganism, but also like Roman paganism. Like you would bring a tree in to like celebrate Jupiter or whatever as well. Yeah.
1: And Yule, I mean, it's still kind of uh it is celebrated within Christmas today as the traditions uh have kind of like moved on because then Christians came and then Yule became it got transformed by Christians into
0: Right. What we uh, A very as big yeah, a very big tactic of the Catholic Church in the early days was like, oh, these people don't believe in Jesus. They believe in these other things. So why don't we make those other things about Jesus? And then they brought them in. And so they were like, well, Yule isn't good. What if we say that Yule Tide, add a Tide in there for some money from the detergent company, and then we bring that to say Yule Tide brings Jesus baby? Yeah. And they're like, Boom. Even though Jesus was probably born in the spring,
1: that, I was gonna say that that's the other um. Yeah. Actually, is that Jesus probably yeah. wasn't even born in the winter? I digress. Um, you'll. Uh, it's
0: fine to celebrate the birth of your <laughs> of of your Messiah and your religion on whatever day is most relevant to you today. It doesn't matter. The um actually is only bad when it's used by like annoying atheists to like checkmate Christians about yeah. something that happened thousands of years ago. Yeah. So um,
1: and you'll like as just. Itself, not Christmas, is now it is still celebrated by some folks. Most popularly, um, heathenry, neo paganism, and levian Satanism, uh, all kind of put Yule up as a pretty big tenant of their major holidays. Good for them. I've never heard of heathenry before, and I do like that it is yeah. called that.
0: It sounds like an insult. It <laughs> sounds like you're saying, yeah, like it's popular among the heathenry. Like yeah. you are.
1: But no, this is but capital H
0: heathenry. Yeah, it's a it's a reclamation.
1: Yeah. So, honestly, um, around the time that the Christmas Carol came out, Christmas was largely considered still a work day. And the celebration itself was Ooh. fading very much in England because of Oliver Cromwell, who ah. <laughs> animated this podcast. Hate that guy. Oliver Cromwell. Um, he was the Lord and Protector of England in the 17th century. So, actually, way before this. But Yeah, he, he was, was
0: such a reformer. His big reform was that he wanted no more kings. He wanted a Lord Protector who coincidentally passed power on to his firstborn son. Yeah. Uh, and the interesting thing about the Lord Protector is it was Cromwell.
1: Yeah. <laughs> ah, that's where they get you. He was a staunch Puritan and outlawed basically everything fun. Everything. Dancing, yeah, period. good food. Theater. Yeah. Um, especially related to Yule and Christmas and probably most famously Christmas carols. Even the Jesus ones, not allowed. Wow. Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, a little pause on the podcast again. Mm-hmm. You said you, we were talking, you were getting in arguments about Christmas songs. Yeah. What is your favorite Christmas song?
1: <sighs>
0: okay. Because to me, there are two categories. What are you it? can have the like, the like, you know, the, the mainstream Christmas songs, which I think my favorite is because of childhood rocking around the Christmas tree. I see. You know,
1: like the, a, if you're we talking a Christmas pop song, I'm going to nominate yeah. Christmas, baby, please come home.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and then there are Jesus Christmas songs. Yes.
1: I think of the Jesus Christmas songs, Oh, Holy Night is my favorite one.
0: Okay. I like Little Town of Bethlehem. Okay. Um, I'm also a big fan of, and it's going to take me a sec to think of it, um, uh, is it Hark hear the angels sing?
1: Hark the herald angels sing glory to the newborn that, king. That, that whatever
0: one. the real whatever the name of that one is. Yeah, Hark good. the herald angels Jesus sing. Peace on earth and earth to my. Yeah. I that song. That song slaps. Yeah.
1: I also one of my favorite Christmas songs um is both a Jesus one and a pop one which is um the uh the the David Bowie and Bing Crosby the peace on earth and little drummer boy. Oh, of course. I you love know, that I was one.
0: I think we've talked about this before. What? Who were you in your church nativity scene? I was this never no in. Like, I know I never cast. did a church nativity. <laughs> what? I was a little, little drummer boy. Oh, I had a little potato sack and a little like toy drum, and I was very cute. That's it. That does sound very cute. Anyway, back to the yeah, but Christmas. So all these fun Christmas
1: carols not allowed. Um, but this the publishing of A Christmas Carol, the Charles Dickens novel, really brought back the, like, Christmas spirit to the uh, England uh, after a very long spell of fading, um, which is cool because it's a ghost story that, like, ghosts and spooks and spirits yeah. brought Christmas back to England. Um, and, of course, Oliver Cromwell would be disapproving of this tradition specifically because Puritans... Which is why we do it.
0: What? We do it specifically because we know Oliver Cromwell is rolling in his grave. Yeah. Puritans uh, frowned upon... <laughs> oh, my God. Siri. Oh great now Apple knows that I am thinking about Oliver Cromwell rolling around in his grave You're
1: gonna get targeted ads about Oliver Cromwell
0: (laughs) Specifically about his
1: death Yeah Um, So Puritans frowned upon anything to do with the supernatural Which is especially why the tradition never really caught on in America um, Yeah it's the most
0: boring of the Protestant religions Like a lot of Protestantism is really interesting You have like Lutheranism where they're like everybody's a saint Like that's pretty chill but Puritans were like, let's take the cool part of Catholicism, which is like the supernatural, the like weird links to paganism, and let's get rid of that. Like that's the most fun that's part of it. That's the best part.
1: Um Washington Irving, the author of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, did kind of drum up some popularity for the Christmas ghost story uh, in the United States, but not nearly as much as Dickens did for England. Yeah. Um not 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 for not trying though. Good job watching. Yeah, he really ring. he
0: banged that drum, but
1: you know. <laughs> yeah, oh, he is the little drummer boy. Um, <laughs> so Dickens actually he edited several magazines uh, while he was working author, including Household Words and All the Year Round. And uh, their Christmas issues would regularly include original ghost stories, not just a Christmas Carol, and they didn't even have even have to be related to Christmas. Just regular old ghost just, stories. Just regular ghost stories.
0: People were like, well, you we have these left over from Halloween. If you want to just throw these in there. And they're like, yeah, sure. Oh. We have the space for it. It's Christmas. Nothing's happening.
1: Yeah. And uh, it would often, although there was a recurring theme of like unhappy men being visited by ghosts.
0: Okay. A lot of like Carol. A, is there like a, is there a shared like teaches them to be happy aspect? Or is I guess, is it just, yeah. always an unhappy man. Oh, okay. <laughs> I suppose. Um, I'd like to see the ones where he's still unhappy at the end <laughs> yeah like thank he, he's like thanks ghosts but I, I'm i still a crotchety old yeah
1: like that geek. was cool
0: but <laughs> yeah
1: um he would he would claim in uh the seven poor travelers uh that christmas eve is uh the witching time for storytelling so specifically on christmas eve you're meant to sell ghost stories
0: Yeah, kind of like a like an all hollows eve to all saints day okay thing. yeah yeah um,
1: but Dickens eventually kind of got sick of the Christmas shtick by 1868 uh, Complaining to his friend Charles Fetcher that he felt as if quote as if I had murdered a, uh, If as if I had murdered a Christmas number years ago, perhaps I did and its ghost perpetually haunted me. Oh my god
0: He hated I mean that's fair. That's fair uh, everybody who makes something that's popular specifically on Christmas doesn't like that thing or Christmas afterwards, unless your name is Mariah Carey. Yeah, they, Then you keep cashing those checks.
1: Then you're the Christmas guy forever. And when you yeah, want to do something wants else.
0: To, nobody wants to be the Christmas guy forever, other than Santa Claus.
1: Because when you try and do something else, they're like, no, 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 enough of this. We want the Christmas thing.
0: They say, go back to your Christmas cave, loser. <laughs> um,
1: so he discontinued his Christmas publications around this time, but several other authors have had kind of like taken up the mantle and published their own Christmas ghost stories. However, when Dickens stopped writing them, they actually kind of fell out of favor purely for the fact that the rest of them weren't very good they're just bad hell yeah (laughs) um that's fair so uh william dean howells lamented in a harper's editorial in 1886 that the christmas ghost tradition suffered from the gradual loss of dickens uh sentimental mortality and quote the ethical intention which gave dignity to dickens christmas stories of a still earlier date has almost wholly disappeared
0: so like the the kind of it's this happens with we talk about this with horror movies not to link it to our spin-off podcast the great american scream but the the idea that uh some of the best horror movies are not horror movies uh like at their core they're like other stories they're like real art underneath and that horror is the is the vehicle for that and then people who like those movies just make horror movies it's the same thing these people were like oh yeah we love charles dickens ghost stories just ghosts all around Now there's a ghost of uh, Christmas when it's on a Wednesday. (laughs) Now there's a ghost of uh, Christmas in uh, 1972. Like, they were just going for the ghost and less the, like, actual heart of Dickens piece, which is, like, just this, like, nice sweet story about Tiny Tim or whatever.
1: That's what's brilliant about A Christmas Carol and many of Dickens' other ghost stories is that it was both gothic and sentimental and it's not it's not a horror story we do not think of a christmas carol right. as a horror story even though it's about a bunch of some terrifying some kind of cute ghosts who go and visit this crushy old man and he gets thrown to a big old grave at the end but then he has a spiritual yeah. epiphany and we don't it's think a, of that as a morality horror story
0: play. <laughs> yeah it's a morality play yeah
1: it is a beloved christmas tale that has kind of stood the test of time and it just kind of uses ghosts <laughs> um and Also, while it was kind of after Dickens stopped writing them and it kind of fell out of favor, um, Scottish and Irish immigration would eventually bring over uh, Samhain and Halloween to America and it didn't immediately displace Christmas as the holiday for ghosts. There was like still um, Christmas was more so for ghosts. But most Scottish immigrants actually tried to distance uh, Samhain from ghosts and supernatural and instead make it a holiday celebrating Scottish heritage to kind of like celebrate mm. Scottish immigration to the United States or to America. It didn't really work. As yeah. A-
0: There's really only one holiday that achieved like, a, oh, this is for heritage stuff. And that's that St. Patrick's Day. Oh, I was going to say Columbus like- Day. <laughs> Oh no! I think Columbus. I think the. I think most Italian Americans realize that that was kind of a, that was kind of a, that was a that was shot that on, didn't really work out. Yeah, for sure. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, but you're can, right about St. Patrick's Day.
0: Yeah, St. Patrick's Day is. Is an actual like heritage holiday, like you can tell because they don't celebrate it in Ireland. That's yeah, how you
1: know. well, uh, okay, they do celebrate St. Patrick's Day in Ireland, just not like how we celebrate it in not the, like in a, yeah. the United States. I've been, uh, I mean,
0: what we it's do an on American our, brand of Irish.
1: What what I did in Ireland on St. Patrick's Day is we there was a little parade in town where all of the um a lot of my some of my family's pagan by the way um. That uh, Good for them, the kind of like pagan members of my family marched in a parade and the, like the pipe bands played and um, uh, the little schools did their little, little parade units. And then we all went to a pub that was by the water mm-hmm. and got blasted. And that was well, the that's, day.
0: Uh, that's what I did. Some of Saint us Patrick went to church days. in the morning. I went to, <laughs> ah, we went to Savannah and I just got absolutely destroyed and I like climbed on top of a big anchor and somehow didn't fall down.
1: Um but so in the spirit of I think this is a formal petition to uh revive the story of telling uh, ghost stories on Christmas Eve or on Christmas okay. Day especially because I know a lot of folks Christmas traditions are changing this year. I know mine are. Um usually my whole extended family gets together on Christmas Eve for an 11 course meal. Um that is not exactly, exagger- that is not as an exaggeration. Um we're obviously not doing that this year. Um, so we're trying to think of uh, new, fun, safe things to do on Christmas Eve, and I would like to invite everyone to try telling some ghost stories on Christmas Eve. Let's do it. Um, and let's let's do it. you. You give me a ghost story, Adam. Give you a ghost story. Well, on on yeah. in, in the spirit, I would like to share a kind of modern Christmas ghost story with you uh, right now. It is a Christmas creepypasta. Uh, that I have found on the Creepypasta oh, Wiki um, by user Red Nova Tyrant. Thank you, Red Nova Tyrant.
0: Thank you, Red Nova Tyrant. Um Semper Tyrannus. And know? it is
1: called The Naughty List.
0: Oh, Jesus. Okay.
1: And feel free, uh, don't don't you you can interrupt me all you like. Don't feel like you have to to restrain yourself with your your notes. Okay. <clears throat> the naughty list by Red Nova Tyrant. 12 seems to be the age when kids start putting the heat on their parents about the truth behind Santa. I was certainly no exception to this rule. How were Santa's elves able to make that video game I wanted in their workshop? I thought Nintendo owned Mario. Or how about
0: the... (laughs) (laughs) Mario is his own person. Nobody owns him. That's not allowed. Uh, Second, they they do it. Like Nintendo, like especially Nintendo has a deal with with the North Pole where they're officially licensed and the elves are allowed to print discs. Like, that has to okay. be. Like, that's the way they do it. I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, go on. They don't
1: design the games. Just print them.
0: Okay. Of course they don't design the <laughs> games. That's Shigeru Miyamoto's job.
1: Or how about the ever-infamous visiting every house in one night question? Did the Jolly Man own some kind of time-extending device? Or perhaps the most obvious question of all, how could he have lived for this long? A lot of people say he trains apprentices. The
0: philosopher's stone, <laughs> the first rule of alchemy, in order to gain something, something must be given away. We never thought about the fact that maybe Santa Claus is a homunculus.
1: Yeah, we who has not converted considered human yet.
0: souls into a philosopher's stone.
1: A lot of people say he trains apprentices who take his place every few decades. Others claim he's just immortal. As for everything else, magic seems to be the universal lie everyone had agreed on. Whatever the case- Hello,
0: I was literally, it is magic. Go on, but it's magic. Whatever the case, I just
1: went with the conclusion that it was my parents doing. Of course, they deny it and claim ignorance if I ever confronted them, but it wasn't enough to dissuade my beliefs. So one Christmas Eve, okay. when, I, when I couldn't sleep, as these questions danced among my dreams of sugar cereals and new games, I decided to investigate...
0: <laughs> <When laughs> That's dreams. Who gets sugar cereals <laughs> on Christmas? Who gets them? Who opens up the gift and is like, thank you for the fruity pebbles? That's not a thing. You get fruity pebbles every week on Sunday when you go to the grocery stores, just like the rest of us.
1: <laughs> I decided to investigate the noises coming from my living room. This time, surely, I would catch my dad or mom in the act of stowing presents under the tree. At least, I then, tiptoed
0: to the stairs, <laughs> and I, I lent my ear, and I just heard, Ooh, <laughs> and I went, oh no, it's a ghost, a Christmas ghost. <gasps> Is Santa a ghost? Well, you're going to have to keep listening. Okay, keep telling me. At
1: least then, they'd let me in on the truth. But as I entered the living room, I saw a man before me that I did not recognize. He was dressed in a red and white. He was dressed in red and white with a slightly overweight body, and he wore a stringy fake white beard. His hair or what reminded me of it was graying around the edges of his classic Santa hat, and his eyes were wide with fright as he dropped a present under the tree. Being the intuitive youth I was, I came to one of two conclusions: either this was a home invader stealing my family's gifts or this was the real Santa. I opened my mouth to scream, but the man rushed towards me and covered my mouth. Uh, uh. Shh. Don't like that. Shh, he said, putting a finger to his mouth, trying a smile. Tears began to roll down my cheeks. I was petrified of this man. Then slowly he took back his hand and extended it towards me. It's all right there, little one. You know who I am, right? I nodded, not shaking his hand back. The trembling man nodded as well, then grabbed an empty sack lying on the floor and gestured to the tree. Look, see, I bring gifts. Now run along to bed or I might have to put you on the naughty list. He started drifting towards the deeper, hearty voice stereotypically associated with Chris Kringle, but I wasn't fooled. Okay. Regardless, okay. I wiped my eyes and began to step back from the living room, trying to create some distance between me and the stranger. The man simply watched, wiped his brow, and proceeded to approach the fireplace. I stopped and observed, confused as to how he was going to leave my house, but a blast of green flames erupted from the chimney, and the man fell back to the floor. But- I couldn't what? see his face, but I'm certain it was twisted in fear like my own. A massive, bony hand spawned from the <laughs> fire, and the arm what? that was followed was draped in raggedy fur. Then another arm, then the skull of some wild creature with Krampus, two- Krampus, <laughs>
0: Krampus, Krampus, Krampus. The skull of some
1: wild creature with two large horns formed.
0: I begin pounding on the table. crampus crampus <laughs>
1: Nearly as large as the fireplace itself. The bones popped and snapped as it slammed its hands onto the floor. The entire monster was engulfed in flames, yet it did not seem to burn anything in the house. Eddie. That's... The monster declared, speaking to what I guessed to be the man on the floor. No, no, Eddie shouted back. I did my part. See, 10,000 houses, just like you said, right? 10,000. I did my part. And yet you allowed a human child to see you. You know the rules. Look, I've learned my lesson. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. Just let me go, please. I delivered all of the... Let you go. Did you let your victim go, Eddie? I don't seem to recall you letting her go. This was your second chance, and you've wasted it. What are you going to do?
0: Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. The thing that made him into a Santa uh, minion of of our beloved Krampus was presumably murder, is what I'm guessing. A crime of some variety. The second thing that he did was let a kid see him. Like, those are not...
1: What are you going to do? Eddie whispered. I could make out his quaking figure being overshadowed by the creature in the fireplace. The next sound to be heard was a crunch with a soft beginning and snapping finish. I jumped as the sound repeated a few times, finally letting out his shaky breath. I prayed in my head that it wasn't what I thought. But when the creature reared its head towards me, I saw the red and white pants hanging from its mouth as it chewed on Eddie's corpse. That I watched it slurp up its legs like strands of spaghetti.
0: Like a spaghetti.
1: <laughs> I covered my eyes and tried to tell myself it wasn't real. It wasn't real. It wasn't real. And after a quiet minute, I peeked between my fingers to see the monster staring back at me from the fireplace. The pace of my breathing grew quicker and sharper. My a few eyes. Minutes a
0: few minutes a quiet minute one minute oh a a whole minute Krampus (laughs) is just kind of sitting there on fire like the pace of my
1: breathing grew quicker and sharper my eyes unable to escape from the grasp of those empty eye sockets now run off to bed little one or else I might put you on the naughty list
0: my legs that's just the same okay
1: (laughs) my legs finally found the strength to leave and I sprinted for my parents room diving into the sheets with them There wasn't a trace of the events the night before when my family went down to the tree the next morning. There was even a little note next to an empty glass and a half-eaten cookie on the table. Have a Merry Christmas, S. Claus. As much as I tried to take in the warm, comforting atmosphere that came in with Christmas Day, I couldn't stop watching the fireplace, terrified the monster would return. At least now I knew the truth about Santa Claus.
0: The end. And that boy was Albert Einstein. (laughs)
1: That boy was Martin Short, who then went on to play (laughs) Jack Frost in the beloved Christmas film, Santa Claus He had a fake
0: beard, and he said, you know who I am. And I said, you're noted poop actor, Tim Allen. Get out of here, Tim Allen. (laughs) Bring Martin Short. Bring Martin Short back. Uh, That was The Naughty
1: List by Red Nova Tyrant. Thank you for this story. (sighs) I like this. I think it's simple, snappy, doesn't contain too many cliches.
0: It's pretty solid. Yeah, it's good. Uh, uh, Adam, you've just given me a lot to think about.
1: Oh, did this open up some, like, doors of the mind for you?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some some doors that I, I, you know, I have to walk into. I think we're going to have to end the episode here so I can just kind of wallow. You can go meditate. Well, this has been The Great American Scream. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rate and review on iTunes or follow us on Spotify. We're available wherever you get your podcast. But the best way to spread the word about the show is to tell a friend. We also have a Patreon, which is going strong, uh, which gives you access to episodes a day early, gives you access to polls that you can vote on for future episode topics, as well as just tons of fun stuff. Adam, can you pimp our social medias, please? Yes, you can
1: check us out on Facebook at The Great American Scream or on Twitter and Instagram at Great Scream Pod. Um, Please share your favorite ghost stories with us so that we may tell them to our family and friends uh, at the Christmas time. Uh, You can post or tweet using the hashtag TGAS. And if there's anything you'd ever like to hear about on the show, please tweet it at us or post because uh, your suggestion may become the topic for a future episode.
0: Yes, a special thank you goes out to Michael Segudo, who does the disclaimer at the beginning, and Stevie Viola, who made the intro and outro music. Also, a thank you to our patrons, so thank you to Eric, Casper, Bree, Gail, Joyce, Brucker, Melinda, and Chris.
1: Yes, also a side note, this is technically a patron-requested episode, and by patron-requested episode, I mean that my brother Chris was sitting across from the dinner table from me for a couple nights ago, and I went, oh God, I don't know what our next episode is going to be about. And he went, how about a Christmas
0: carol? I said, great. Ah, oh, that's very nice. Well, I have been Devin Wright. I've been Anna McConnell, and hopefully, you have been
1: spooked. And tonight, you will be visited by three spirits.
0: Uh, that it's uh, Krampus. Uh, uh, I almost—it almost was called the Irish, the Irish Big Skull Lady. I almost called her Llewellyn. No, uh, Mary, the Lude. <laughs> Mary Lude. Just uh, a regular name, Mary Lute, and somebody else. There, there'll be more.
1: Just uh, say hi to them for us. Do it safely.